Divis 11, the eleventh while by which Satan wins and allures many to the hazard and peril of their eternal welfare is by the working many lying signs, wonders, and miracles. These false signs look as if God, for the advantage of his gospel, did, at the first publishing of it, confirm it with many miracles and wonders. Hebrews 2, 4. So, Satan, to better facilitate a belief to his lies and falsehoods, puts forth much of his power in working lying signs and miracles. This the scripture often expresses as a policy he uses above all. Matthew twenty four twenty four. For there shall arise false Christs and false prophets and shew many signs and wonders. In Revelation 13, 13 and 2 Thessalonians 2, 9, the coming of that man of sin is described to be after the working of Satan with all power and signs and lying wonders. These words imply both the manner and the means of Antichrist's working. First, the manner of Antichrist's working is after the way and manner of Satan's working. That is, it holds proportion to that way that he usually takes. Second, it is by the means of Satan. As a fast friend of Antichrist, he puts out his power on his behalf for the working many lying signs and wonders. They are called lying signs and wonders in two respects. First, in regard of their formality, they lack that which constitutes a true miracle. For a miracle, truly called, is doing some extraordinary work that runs into the senses exceeding the power of any creatures as to make the sun stand still in the heavens by a word. All Satan's workings are but sometimes a deceiving of the sense, as Pharaoh's magicians, sometimes a deluding of the fancy, sometimes there is an exposing of secret things of nature to the sense of the ignorant who do not know the depths of nature, and so think it a wonder, sometimes by applying of actives to passives, all which fall short of miracles. Second, they are called lying in regard of the end of them. They tend to draw from the truth and therefore are not to be credited. Galatians 1, eight. Device 12. The twelfth subtlety of Satan is to assault and afflict Christians with such temptations as to their knowledge and experience are unheard of, which perhaps they never heard any others to be tempted to, nor believe that ever any but themselves have had experience of. This Parisiensis calls temptations that they cannot parallel or sample. Now, when Christians are exercised with such temptations, it exceedingly amazes them 
as new engines and weapons not before seen by soldiers in former fights amaze the soldier and take away his courage. As new diseases, of which physicians have had no experience, most trouble them and oftentimes discourage both patients and physicians, so oftentimes new temptations most amaze and sadden the soul. Hence come those complaints tempted ones utter. Nobody was ever as troubled as I am. Who was ever assaulted with such blasphemous thoughts, such atheistic injections, as I dare not speak or mention? Surely, if I were not worse than others, I would not have such thoughts. If I were not forsaken of God, he would not suffer me to be this tempted. But in this case, you must remember what Paul said in 1 Corinthians 10, 13. There is no temptation happened to you, but what is common to man. I may truly say to such, though they think it is new, yet it is, that which some Christian or another has experienced. You know what Elijah said to God and what God's answer was. Elijah said, I am left alone and they seek my life. But God's answer to him was, I have reserved to myself 7,000 men. So you may think you are alone in this or that temptation, but alas, there are a thousand in the militant church that are afflicted with the same temptations and strategies of Satan. Device 13. The 13th while is about holy duties. Satan puts us to do good duties upon wrong ends, which wholly alter their property. It is a true axiom in philosophy. What the form is in natural things, the end is in moral ones. In moral things, the end specificates the action. Jehu's slaying of Ahab's children was not obedience, but murder, though done by God's command, Hosea 1.4. God required it as a righteous satisfaction to justice, but... Jehu did it out of ambition. Therefore God said, I will avenge the blood of Jezreel upon the house of Jehu. Alms are good when they come like oil that makes no noise, but not when a trumpet is blown before them. Prayer is good when it comes from zeal, but it is but howling when it comes from lust. Hosea 7.14 Worshipping God is good, but if it is for base ends, it is but self-seeking. Oh, therefore, look to all duties. God must not only be the object, but the end. Worship must have no end below itself. When Satan cannot hinder from duty, then he endeavors to spoil them. He will excite to duties, but to do them unseasonably. 
It is the commendation of a duty when it is done in season. Psalm 1 says that the blessed man brings forth his fruit in due season. Now when he cannot put out the candle, he will make it sparkle and flare, as in Martha, Luke 10, 40-41, or he will turn affection the wrong way. The Jews were zealous for the law. So Satan stirred that zeal against the gospel. Saul had a conscience of serving God, 1 Samuel 13, 12, and Satan forced him to offer sacrifice. The Corinthians were at first too remiss towards the incestuous Corinthian, and afterwards too severe. If Satan sees some heat, he drives it on too much. He will make us tyrannize in some service, and some duties he will make tyrants unto us. His aim is, by marrying religion and tyranny, to discourage men from religion. His design is to press Christians with some violent assault when they are preparing themselves for duty, or to afflict them so in the duty that it may be rather their work to keep off the fowls from the sacrifice than to give up themselves to God in the duty, as they should do. Therefore, he presses Christians with extraordinary discouragements when they are to perform extraordinary duty, so that if he cannot keep them from ordinary duties, he may keep them from extraordinary ones and labors to make them so uncomfortable that many are afraid to perform them. Thus many are kept month after month and year after year from ever meddling with the Lord's Supper. Even those who will regularly pray and hear through the violent assaults of Satan so that some have given over duties for a kind of ease rather than be so assaulted. All I shall say to this is, whatever your discouragements are, do not give in to him. Satan may embitter a sweet duty by his temptations, but he shall not make it ineffectual. While you are wrestling and striving, his design is but by this violence to make you give up, to choose rather to walk in a kind of peace than to maintain a war in the performance of duty. Device 14. The fourteenth while Satan uses is to allow false remedies to prevail. The devil suggests these to keep men from the true ones and tells men, as Samson did Delilah, if so-and-so is used, he shall be overcome. Thus the Jews used their phylacteries as remedies against enchantments. And those two commandments, upon which Christ said, hang the law and the prophets, the Christians did, from the superstitious Jews, write them in schedules and hang them about their necks as little gospels. But those were to be laid up in the heart, not to warn about the body. So, the Papists used salt, spit, and holy water in their exorcisms. But these the devil, that hellish Leviathan, esteems less than the Leviathan in Job 41.27 does of iron, 
which he esteems as straw, and of brass as rotten wood. Beware, then, of his counterfeit weapons. Do not think that these things will frighten the devil. Rather, look up to God, as David did, who prayed that God would turn the counsel of Ahithophel to foolishness. 2 Samuel fifteen thirty one. That was episode 15 of The Wiles of Satan.